Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There are many cities around the world where iconic and timeless music has come from london new york liverpool la also included in that list has to be manchester so many great music artists that have shaped and influenced music have come from the city we are here to choose our favorite songs and here's neil with 10 manchester song facts Thank you very much, Pab. So I thought it'd be interesting to find out what the um, music press and the members of the public would think of their top 10 favourite bands from Manchester. So online, I found with in association with Radio X, a music journalist and the public, here is their top 10. At number 10, best Manchester band at 10 is The Buzzcocks. Don't be afraid of your freedom. At number nine, voted in was Blossoms. At number eight is James. At number seven, they voted the Happy Mondays. At number six was Oasis. At number five, the Stone Roses. Number four, New Order. Number three, Joy Division. Number two, The Smiths. And the number one band voted by everybody was 10CC. When I'm cleaning windows. Wow. Yeah. I was hoping one of those might have just kind of like worked out the same, but unfortunately they didn't. (laughs) Um, So, yes, we are here to talk Madchester and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Our guest this week is football finance expert, who's a very busy boy today, to be fair, uh, and co-host with friend of of the pod, Kevin Day, in the Price of Football podcast. It's Kieran Maguire. Hello, Kieran. Hi, chaps. It's an absolute honour to be on this 
Um, you've nearly got me divorced in terms <laughs> of the amount of time I've, I've had to set aside. I'm still only scratching the surface in my view. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's, it's, uh, thank you very much for the invite. Uh, to, to be able to talk about God's own city is uh, is a privilege and an honour. Absolutely. Well, there is no wrong list, is there? Let's there is no one. wrong list. But I do feel like both yourself and Kevin have had a lot of marital problems getting their top 10 sorted out. Which... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's one thing. Before we do um, talk everything Manchester and everything music, uh, obviously you are a well-renowned football finance expert. Um, I was only listening to... Um, uh, talk sport a couple of weeks ago and uh, and you were on there talking I think it was about South End I think you were talking about um, how did you get into that what you know is that obviously it's obviously your business um, like many things in life it's it's a series of sliding doors moments um, I trained in as an accountant I was a rubbish accountant I always wanted to teach um, so I, I've been teaching finance since, since the 80s and my teaching life has been in Manchester and Liverpool. So I've always used the local football clubs as a means of communication because trying to engage people, you know, late teens, early 20s, in the world of finance is, is quite a tough gig. But if you can go and tell them a story about Manchester United or Liverpool or something unusual, then that's a way of sort of using, a, using football as a Trojan horse. Um, and the university used to tolerate that. I, I, I originally was teaching in Manchester, um, and I, I love, I love, I love university life. But the pay's a bit rubbish. So, so I moonlight, and I moonlight by teaching investment bankers. And in two thousand and five, I'm I'm down in London. Uh, I'm I'm teaching at a particular bank. I go out for lunch at about quarter past one. Come back half an hour later, and there's these two huge bouncers on the front door and I'm going it's a bit strange for an investment bank and I noticed that all of the windows have been shuttered and again this seems a bit strange so, so I walk back into the class and I say what, what's going on here folks and they say well one of our clients the Glazer family is just about to announce that they've bought Manchester United and we think that a load of Cockney Reds might come and put the windows in when they find out the terms of the deal Oh, right. So I'm going, all oh, right. So I, I pick up on the deal. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's not great for the, from a footballing point of view, but it, it certainly is different. And then I'm travelling back to Manchester that night. The BBC phoned the university saying, this is all gone through. This is all a huge story. Can somebody come on the breakfast sofa on BBC One tomorrow morning and explain the situation? So So I roll in. I, I explain the nature of the deal. And I think the way that it works in the media is that if you don't make a complete fool of yourself, you go onto somebody's Rolodex and the next time there's a football finance story, they call you in. And since then, it has it has snowballed. So now I, I teach football finance at the University of Liverpool as a formal subject, whereas I used to do it sort of sneakily previously. I probably do somewhere in the region of seven to 800 interviews a year for... TV, radio, newspapers, podcasts, you name it. And uh, the the work with Kevin has, again, sort of completely baffled us. You know, we're, we're on almost 10 million downloads mm. of, of our podcast, which has been going now for four years. And 
there's there's so much material because it has become rightly or wrongly and in my view wrongly it's become an issue people want to know about financial fair play they want to know what the owners are up to because football is such an emotional business you know you're, you're there from cradle to grave as a fan of an individual club and therefore people want to know everything about the club mm. if, if i go if, if i take my car to get mot'd i don't give a hoot about how Chris's business is doing. I'm not interested in his finances. But when it's a football club, because you think that you own it, you think that you're an investor in it. And you do invest in a football club. You invest emotionally. So um, if I've got any skill, it's it's a way of taking reasonably complex financial scenarios and communicating them in a, a user-friendly manner. Um, and if this isn't false modesty. I'm... I think I'm smart, but I work with super smart people in banks, in in the investment industry, in in the university itself. I'm working with all these professors. But what I can do is because I'm not as smart as them, I can explain things to the bloke in the pub, and, mm. and that's that's why I've ended up. You know, the the media like that, based on the podcast feedback. You know, the listeners like that, and I, I've I've got a job which you know as, as somebody who trains me in account I, I couldn't hope for anything better yeah, I, yeah. I talk about football for a living now mm. well back in the day say pre-premier league no one really knew in the general public who owned football clubs did they they were always like faceless guys in suits i mean i'm, I'm a liverpool fan but i can remember it was john smith i think was his was the guy's name back in the day back in the old days was it the premier league that sort of when that sort of kind of money came into the into the league that changed everything? Yes, I think what we've seen over the 30 years of the Premier League is that initially we we had Jack Walker at Blackburn. That's he was right. a disruptor. Yeah. And uh, it was his wealth that allowed Blackburn to sign David Batty, Tim Sherwood, Alan Shearer, Chris Sutton, and so on. And it made people realise that having wealth could accelerate a football club. And he started off with millions. Then we had Roman Abramovich did the same in 2005, so 2003, when he acquired Chelsea. But you then realised you needed another zero or two zeros to, to make a difference. Sheikh Mansour did exactly the same at Manchester City. And, of course, recently, as uh, as as recently as 2021, we've had the Saudi Arabian Investment Fund come in and acquire uh, Newcastle. So it has become a rich man's plaything, and it's also become an international plaything. I mean, you, you rightly said it was always associated with the local bloke, who, yeah. and you, you'd see these people on match of the day, and they all dress the same, and yeah, they were smoking their cigars, they... They, they were supplying dodgy meat to schools for school <laughs> meals or something like that. And yeah, they, uh, and it was, it was very much a local business. The Premier League has turned football, it's turned football in this country because it was a pariah sport. Being a football fan in the 80s, you, you were really looked down upon. You were looked down upon by government, you were looked down on by the media and so on with the issues of hooliganism, the tragedies of Hillsborough, the tragedies of Heysel and, and so on. And you, uh, you you were a second-class citizen. The, the, the Premier League has changed that round. It's now broadcast to 190 countries. You have people travelling to the UK from all over the world to watch matches. And that has put a lot of money 
into the sport. It, you know, I, I, I can bore for Britain in, in terms of numbers, but if we take a look at inflation since 1992, when the Premier League started, inflation has been 94%. The money going into football has increased by 2,600%, and wow. players' wages have increased by 3,400%. So it's <laughs> a transformed industry, mm. and that attracts intrigue. And social media, the rise of smartphones, their, their ability to communicate in, in different ways and engage with clubs and players has uh, has expanded the interest that we that we see in the game today. Wow. Fascinating. Can we ask before we start then, Kieran, would you tell us who your team is? Yeah, I, I, I support Brighton Hove Albion, um, which given that our biggest rivals are Crystal Palace, who Kevin Day supports. Um, when we started the podcast, we were, we were effectively brought together by um, producer Guy, who, who used to work for the BBC. Um, and, and I'd suggested Kevin as a co-host because I, I really admired his work on Match of the Day. And also, even though he he supports my team's biggest rival, when we nearly went bust in 1997, I remember Kevin Day doing a benefit gig for the team that he hated because he could see the big picture. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to work with Kevin and it, it's been an, an absolute pleasure and an honor. Yeah. We, we become friends and, and I think, I think he walks on water as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. He really is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Football aside, we're actually here to sort out our favorite songs from Manchester. So um, now I don't know about you guys, but I made a point, because, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Oasis fan. I could have had three or four Oasis songs, but I've only put one in because I didn't want to clamp, you know, to, to fill up the whole top ten. Um, Kieran, in regards to your the makeup of your top ten, uh, did you find it easy to put together? Um, I found it reasonably easy to put together a top 40. Right. Yeah. Bands, <laughs> yeah. Narrowing it down. I've got a list of my 11 to 20, and... I'm going to go, how can I possibly leave them out? It was it, it was a really painful but joyful experience at the same time. Mm, right. I, I went to I went to university in Manchester in 1980, and that was driven by my love of music and my love of football. And I had three amazing years as an undergraduate there. And you know, I've lived I've worked the majority of my, my working life's been at, at university so I, I have been very fortunate but uh manchester music i i loved and uh trying to narrow it down and, and I'm, 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 at the end of this i'm gonna have to go and apologize to, to 10 bands who who i think should have been in I've, I've restricted this to one song per band right i think yeah. in, in the I same way as uh same way as you because Otherwise, you could end up with you know, easily half a dozen songs from Unknown Pleasures or a Fall album or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, again, this is going to be another top 10 that will just cement my reputation as not having like uh, a cool upbringing in regards to music. I'm just going to say <laughs> that right from now. Um, Neil, I'm assuming that I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what a few of yours are going to be. Uh, but let, let's kick on. Uh, so, Kieran, give us your number 10. Uh, my number 10 um, is from James, uh, and it is Born of Frustration, which was one of their 
one of sort of their, their hit singles during that. They sort of had a period when they were very chart friendly. But I know James as, as a Manchester band, and, and, and this isn't the case of, you know, I knew them before they were big. Everybody in Manchester knew James before they were big as such. Um, they are one of the greatest bands around for a live performance. So songs which sound good on the radio just take on a completely new identity when they are performed live. And and Tim Booth is, is, is one of those one of those performers who just knows how to be a front man. So um yeah I, I'm I'm indie. Yeah that's that's my background and they're magnificent. I agree. I, I'm a big, I'm a fan of James, a huge fan, as you'll probably find out later on. And I, I just like their ability to write a catchy song. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They, they Every song I seem to have heard, even album tracks, they leave earworms with you. And yeah, yeah, I'm a big. And Tim Booth is a front man. He knows how to perform, watching live performances, even up to this year, some of his live performances, still controls that crowd fantastic. Yeah, were they at Glastonbury or somewhere like that? Because I saw uh, some footage of him, and he doesn't sound any different. No. To back to back from when that when would that be in the late 80s, mm. early 90s, wouldn't it? And there was a bit I saw, I loved it. He was on stage, and he, he got a load of people up on stage and took all of their mobile phones off them. Oh, so that's they, the Isle of so, Wight. Is that the Isle of Wight? Yeah, so they yeah. couldn't film, so they were just in the moment, which I thought was mm. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, great one to kick us off with. Go on then, Neil. You're number 10. So um, it's a Smith song, and it's This Charming Man. Now, I have a something of a love-hate relationship with the Smiths and Morrissey, because I go through periods where I absolutely love their songs, and I can listen to them over and over. And then I go through periods where I just can't be bothered. So I had to pick This Charming Man because it's still on my playlist. And now this is my famous playlist that songs that I really like get stuck on there, which is how I've chosen a lot of these. Um, when I say playlist, I mean my Apple Music. You could do it on Spotify playlist. Um, yeah, this is a happier in in the music style, but not lyrically, of um, The Smiths. And I, I just, it's a catchy one, isn't it? It's a catchy one. I was fortunate enough to see Morrissey live when he played swindon oasis um venue wow uh, uh it was in the sort of 2007 i think it was may have been a bit later it's the famous one where he came on he sang one song and collapsed and then the show was cancelled he was in hospitalized and we never got to see him again in the swindon shores <laughs> oh right but, yeah um so i haven't fully seen him live i've, I've seen him live do one song and that's it but <laughs> Uh, we talk about front men. Morrissey probably has to be one of the biggest front men of all time, I think. You know, he, he hit the ground running. I mean, I remember being at school. I was more of a more of a rocker, I suppose, at those times. But there were all the Smiths fans getting their big quiffs and floppy hair and having their tulips hanging out the back. Out the back pocket, yeah. Pocket yeah. and everything and, the you know, the open shirts and things like that. So, yeah, I, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm going back into my Smiths phase, I think, and that's thanks to this top ten that we're there. See, that's Are you a fan, Kieran? Yeah, you're, you're a Smiths oh. fan? Y yes, and, and, and like you, I am conflicted. What, one of my greatest moments of my life, I, I was at a party of, of a guy who was a builder who had, it turned out that he'd built Johnny Marr's kitchen, and Johnny Marr came to the party Nobody knew who he was, and there's me there as a massive Smiths fan, and I spent three hours 
just in complete awe <laughs> as he dropped anecdote after anecdote as life with the Smiths, life with the Pretenders, life with uh, Electronic and the Pet Shop Boys and the the. Um, so yeah, John, Johnny Marr is is one of my my all time heroes. Morrissey Morrissey frustrates me because, like like every slightly out of synchronous individual in that period of time, you sense you 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 had that sense of identity. You you had that sense of we're all we're we're outsiders, but we understand each other. And I think Morrissey was very good articulating that. Um, but as he's become what can only describe as a complete ass. Yeah. <laughs> um in, in terms of yeah, being controversial is one thing, but um you know, e- embracing the National Front and uh, Nigel Farage and, and that type of thing. Yeah, it that doesn't doesn't go down well in Manchester with no. sort of the what you you know for what is ultimately his is a is a liberal student indie crowd um and and he's completely at odds with with johnny marr as well so when it comes to a choice between morrissey and marr there's only ever going to be one winner absolutely yeah yeah um i'll say a bit about about, uh the smiths later on uh just yeah yeah gonna get myself all (laughs) uh, yeah okay my number 10 uh one for the kids here we got this uh, this one this is uh, uh the 1975 and when we are together now I, remember, I think it was about this time last year when uh, they were on tour and there was lots and lots of videos on TikTok of Matt Healy doing whatever it is he's doing live on stage and eating raw meat and stuff. And I thought, oh, he's just another one of these guys that's just doing stupid things to get on the TikTok and, and stuff like that. And I started listening to some of the music and my daughter's actually said, you know, you'd, you'd like some of their stuff. You want to listen? So I had a little listen and there was a, um, it was live at K-Rock, actually, Neil, um, in mm, LA. Okay. They did an acoustic set, and they were like, th- and I th- there was like two or three songs in. And I thought, wow, actually, this is pretty good. Mm. And then I listened to another one. And I thought, wow, that's really you know they they're really talented. So I listened to a couple, and this one I think is from the latest album. Um, it's a beautiful song with some really really nice lyrics. But uh, yeah, I'm being a bit yeah, more trend- the- trendy there with that. Yeah, the 1975 with me is um, my son's a huge fan. I, I think it's a generational thing because I've tried. He's recommended. He's made me playlists, but you know they are talented. But some I just of it is a little bit jingly jangly. I yeah, will, I, I just don't get that. it. I no. just don't get it, especially when they keep being pushed into the best rock act and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and Matt I Healy, I think, it. is a little bit like um, up his own uh, Marmite. It's like some people love him, and some people think he's just an arrogant prick. Yeah, and I'm teetering on the brink of that. <laughs> 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 he's not going to listen to this, so it doesn't. Well, matter. He might do, but you uh, know, he might it do. is what it is. Uh, he might love Kieran's he's, podcast. He might be. Yeah. With, I, I got to get a bit more Kieran. Uh, okay, Kieran, you're number nine, please. Um, yes. You're mm, number you nine, me? please, Kieran. Yeah, we can hear you. You're number nine. Oh, sorry. My, That's yeah. right. um, my number nine, and intuitively I feel that this band should be higher, but it's going to be the Stone Roses. Um, again, the Stone Roses were a Manchester band before they became... British band. Um, and this is Waterfall from their debut album, but you you could probably pick any one of mm. five or six tracks. It's it is one of the greatest debut albums 
of of all time in in my view um followed by one of the worst second albums of all time um in, in second coming but they 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 caught the moment you know mm. that, that that baggy uh, part of manchester and somebody who was living in the city of the time at the time that there was that sense of civic pride that we knew about them before you did and, and i think manchester is a it's quite a chippy city Mm. And there, there is uh, that that element of it, um, but yeah, great band. Ian Brown, not actually a very good singer, but the, the Stone Roses wasn't. It, it was about the vibe. And yeah. if you saw them live, I'd say that they're probably the opposite. James always a very professional band. You know, just to be Tim would, as you were saying, can still deliver those notes. Ian was was never a good singer, but he. He was able to to whip up a crowd because you just it, it became a, a karaoke as opposed to a concert. Mm. But he was he was the lead man. Mm. I must admit, when you said that the Stone uh, Stone Roses were a vibe, it was a vibe I never got on got into. It, I don't know why. I don't know why it was something. But it's a bit like the Smiths with me as well, and any of these bands that I class as a lot of other people really really love. It's just something that I just never got into the groove of that particular. I don't know. I mean, Neil, are you a fan? I'm. I'm uh, to an extent. I'm with Kieran. I think the first album is absolutely sublime and a fantastic album. I because I listened to the second album and didn't enjoy it. I sort of lost touch with the Stone Roses, and I I, re- I need to go back and listen to that first album again because it's got some blinding tracks. Right, it really has. Um, but yeah, in and out again with me. Yeah. yeah. Um and Ian Brown um famously uh, been chastised hasn't he for um literally doing karaoke. He's been he was caught yeah. just singing to the backing track, wasn't he recently? That's so true, yeah. you know people paying this money and but yeah, he's, you th- you think of Manchester, you think of Ian Brown though, don't you as well? Yeah. He's one of those ones that's straight up there. Well, the Stone Roses were like the poster boys for Manchester and that whole that yeah. whole movement, weren't they? I think at that and, and and massive when they reformed and did the Wembley gigs. I yeah, mean, I would yeah. have loved to have gone. I really would have. Yeah. I think that would have been really good. But yeah, I need to. Get and and they also part also the Manchester Walk. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you remember Harry Enfield, yes, when, yeah. when he used to do Kevin and Perry, yeah, um, that was based on Ian Brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's right. You're sure. absolutely right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, okay, then Neil, you're number nine. So it's the Happy Mondays. It's going to be Step On because it, there's a reason why it got where it got to number one and everything. It's a catchy song, but I really enjoy the Happy Mondays. I went to see them when they did their first reform gig um, back when was this? 2005, I think. And I went to Oxford to see them, um, and we were all in our forties, bouncing around, reliving our youth. And a couple of these 40-year-olds behind us, all through the um, support act, I'm very sorry, I forget who they were, were popping E's (laughs) constantly. And then the Happy Mondays came on and we all got jiggy and dancing and it was very good. They lasted one song because the E's kicked in. They took so many, they had to get out of the room. It was hilarious. So preoccupied with that. But I'm I'm a fan of the Happy Mondays because it's the you know the clues in the title. They're happy songs when you listen to them. They are. 
and catchy songs. And they're as funny as now as a double act, Bez and uh, Sean Ryder. <laughs> are they still singing or are they just yeah. doing... Yeah, still going. They, they just announced going? the tour, I think, with Inspiral Carpets and somebody else, I think. Oh, right. Um, I can't remember who else it was. But yeah, they've just announced another tour. So I may be tempted if I'm back up and fit in time. There you go. There you go. Um, okay, that was uh, your number nine. My number nine is I didn't write when I did the research to see who was from Manchester. I didn't realize this band were from Manchester, and this was I think they might have had maybe two hits mid to late eighties, uh, but it's Breakout by Swing Out Sister. Oh, I absolutely, right. I absolutely loved this song when it first came out. It was a real. It, but when I listened back to this song, I realized just what a absolute like late early mid to late 80s sound it had right yeah. this song but it's such a good song and i think they maybe had one other hit after this but this yeah, i mean I this, this to me is, this takes me right back to like 86 87 yeah just you know it's it's just got a great chorus um but again i didn't realize you they were from manchester so i was able to to sort of stick that one in there really um, it was when we were, we were all trying to be as cool as Miami Vice. Exactly. Yeah, That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Sort of, you know, cafe culture and, and just trying to be a bit hipper than we, we've ever been before. No um, socks, rolling up our yeah. uh, sleeves on our jackets. Espadrilles. <laughs> Espadrilles. <laughs> Try, trying to grow stubble just so that we could just have a little bit of stubble. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Okay, Kieran, your number eight, please. Um. My number eight is the Courtenayers, or the Cortinas, or as, we, as we prefer to call them, um, mm. and not 19 Forever. And, and the reason why I chose this song, again, it, it, I think they're, they're bigger in Manchester than they are uh, nationally, but following the tragedy of the, the Manchester Arena bombing a few years ago, um, I, I'd, I'd always liked them, and... There was a concert which was taking place at Old Trafford Cricket Ground, and it was a, a, a it was a concert of defiance. It was a concert of coming together. Um, there were loads of young people there. It rained for practically the whole thing, um, and the Cortinas came on, and they just blew the crowd to smithereens, and everybody was hugging, everybody was crying, and and this this song. Lyrically, I think it's really clever. Um, as a sing-along song, as a collective song, it's absolutely brilliant. And they're—I wouldn't say they're one of my top ten bands, Manchester, but this particular song because I associate it with that—that that sense of we're, we're going to fight this. We're, we're not going to let these people beat us. Um, was very memorable for me. Yeah, I've, I've, I must admit, listening to this now, this is the first time I've ever heard anything uh, by that band. Um, and I've, because I'm, I'm very closed in when it comes to music, as anybody who's oh, listening to this podcast yeah, yeah. knows. But I must admit, it's got a nice sound to it. It has got a really, I'm, I'm going to have to have a listen to some of their stuff, I think. I mean, I don't know. What's, got, what's some of their name, their albums, Kieran? Do you know? Um, St. Jude is probably the best one. Okay. Um, I'm hopeless on album names oh, right. because 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 I because I just go to Apple Music and exactly. just download tracks. That's exactly what I should um, do. To be fair, uh, you're a fan, but, Neil. 
I've never really got into them. It's a band that seemed to have passed me by, I, and I don't know why. Right. I should, I should, I, I've just written it down to remind yeah. me to, you know, more, to start more listening. That's what we need. Now. Yeah, more homework. And I always love new music. Absolutely. Um, okay, then Neil, you're number eight. So my number eight, we, I just mentioned them in my last bit about the Happy Mondays in Spiral Carpet. This is how it feels. Um, I love this song. I mm. really, really love this song. Um, it's quite often in one of, another of my playlists as well. I've got many playlists with this in. It just makes me, I don't know, it makes me feel happy. And it, I don't know why, it just does. Um, I never really got into a lot of the other in Spiral Carpet song, a few of them, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Never really got into them overall. And I don't know why I didn't, especially as I love this song so much. So I've set myself more homework. I've started listening to them before we came on more of their songs and yeah i don't know why i didn't get into them more back in the day from this song are you a fan kieran yeah yeah i am i mean ironically i think this is one of the greatest songs about depression and male mm. depression because if, when you listen to the lyrics you, you realize that is the the subject that's being covered and it's being covered in in a in an uplifting way in, yeah. in a very wry way as well but it, yeah it's it's an absolute cracker um, and again, it's one of those songs. If you're in the pub late at night and it's puts on, somebody puts it on the jukebox. Everybody, mm. everybody knows the words, mm. and everybody's got their arms around each other, and you you can belt it out. Um, that they, they are, they are a you know, an Oldham band, I think, more than a Manchester band. Mm. And, and you know, uh, North Manchester versus South Manchester is a separate issue, of course. Uh, <laughs> we, we are we are quite tribal in the city, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like them probably the same as you. I, I, I wouldn't put on an album's worth, but mm. three or four of the the, the the tracks, and this has to be their best track by oh, far. For sure, for sure. Mm. And famously, wasn't Noel Gallagher their roadie? Before right. he was famous, yep. wasn't he? And he and used to do interviews for uh, radio interviews, like for them. Yeah, uh, from what I can remember. And it was with the Inspiral Carpets when they played Swindon Oasis that was Oasis it really? got their name. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all, all comes there back. There you round. go. All comes back round, indeed. Okay, my number eight. Now I was singing a gig one time, and somebody came up to me and said, "You're playing um, like around our place in a couple of weeks, aren't you?" I said, "Yeah." He said, is there any chance you could do a song for me? It's a song by Elbow called Grounds for Divorce. I said, I've never heard of the band. I've never heard of the song. He said, could you learn it for me so I can come up and sing it with you? I said, I'll do that for you. And I listened to it and I thought, oh, my God, this has got one of the greatest riffs ever in a, I've ever heard. And I'd never heard an Elbow song mm. before that. And it is just, I mean, what's his, what's the, the lead singer's name? Guy Garvey. Guy, Guy Garvey. What a voice. Yeah. What mm. a voice. It's I my mean, number five, Pav. That's your number five? Oh, yeah. You I didn't think we'd have any... Um... Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a fantastic song. By far one of their best songs. Yeah. You know, one Day Like This is it's just bored me now. Uh, it's a great song, but it's one of those songs I wouldn't matter if I never heard it again. But this one never fails to still get me. Yeah, it's such a good song. Um, so I was quite glad. I, that's one of those little... Um, Little jewels sometimes when you do mm -hmm. singing that someone will come up and say to you, it's weird, it's nothing to do with this 
subject, but um, a gig I did on Saturday, someone came up and asked if I could do We Don't Have to Take Your Clothes Off by Jermaine Stewart. <laughs> and I hadn't even thought of that Great. song for like 30 years. <laughs> and I listened to it when I was driving home and I thought, actually, that's a banger of a tune. There's no way that I can sing it because he's singing it like a woman. You know, it's really, yeah. really high. But it's weird. You forget these little nuggets of songs that there have been you know, thousands and thousands that you think, oh my mm. God, what a great tune that was. So yeah, so that's that is my number eight, Grounds for Divorce by Elbow. So Kieran, your number seven, please. My number seven is the Buzzcocks. Um, and it's a B-side. It's it's the B-side of Harmony in My Head, and it's called Something's Gone Wrong Again. And when Buzzcocks were in their pomp, they had the ability to 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 bring out some, and the jam also had this, this amazing ability not to just bring out a single but to stick something on the b-side as a throwaway which turned out to be a magnificent song mm. um and, and i've seen the buzzcocks live um both uh, with pete shelley and, and since his sad death as well um and and steve diggle who who sings this is 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 a mod you know he's a mod who who was in a punk band right but uh he, he sings it superbly and sometimes you you see people who have this ability to tell a story in two and a half minutes or three minutes, and you go, I, I couldn't do that in in thirty or forty thousand words. And mm. it's just one of those days when you wake up and you wish you hadn't. Um, and and it's and it's funny, and it's moving, and it's a great song. Mm. There you go. I, yeah. I I only know the like the hits of the Buzzcocks. I must admit, I I, I wouldn't say I would know any others. Neil, have you? Well, Delved funnily enough, my number seven is the Buzzcocks as well. But oh, I've gone it? more mainstream with the hits because I've gone back to my childhood, a song that I loved and loved and loved when I was a lot younger. Found it in one of in my parents' vinyl collection. It is Ever Fallen in Love. So, yeah, know. and that t- took me down a path of, re- you know, of finding out more about the Buzzcocks and enjoying their music. But, yeah, it's a reason why it's probably their biggest hit, isn't it? <laughs> And I still think it holds up today. I think it's a great song. It's a great song. So, But I'm with um, Kieran. I think the Buzzcocks are underrated, vastly underrated. Um, so people don't seem say, to talk about them. I was going to say, Kieran, you said that they still, they're still touring now, but obviously without uh, Pete Shelley, wasn't it? Mm. Yes, yeah. Pete, Pete passed away, sadly, a few years ago now. Um, yeah, they're doing the tour. I think they're being supported by the Undertones. Oh, wow. Which... Yeah, and if you, if, you, if you get a chance to see the undertones live, um, it, it's a terrible thing. It's a far more enjoyable experience without Fergal Sharkey, who, <laughs> whose voice is unique. Mm. Um, but they were always a fun band, and I, I think Fergal, who I admire for all his work in terms of uh, you know, his, his devotion to improving the rivers and streams of this country and, and yeah. the water issues, um, he's, he's not a barrel of fun, but they've got a new new singer that comes in with with a glint in his eye um yeah so if you get a chance to see those two together i'd snap up the tickets right yeah. okay um okay my number seven uh this is my i'm i'm not a fan of the smiths the smiths i will put in the same as your happy mondays and your stone roses i, I never quite got them and never quite understood how how they were sort of so revered by everybody um but uh girlfriend in a coma 
for me is just a, and one of those great songs. You said Neil about um, this charming man, what a, like a happy sort of song. Mm. This has got a lovely jaunty kind of tune to it, but with real dark undertones, yeah. obviously in regards to what the lyrics are. But it's such a great tune. It's a it's a great song. Um, but like I say, I, I felt with it being songs from Manchester, there had to be a Smith song in there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. Well, they're iconically Manchester, aren't even they? though, like I say, I haven't got. There should be a Happy Monday song in there, and there should be a Stone Roses song in there. But I don't really like any of their tunes as much as the ones I've got in my top ten. So, Girlfriend in a Coma, The Smiths. I've got. I've got one of those cool bands in my top ten there anyway, so I feel like I'm, I've sort of done my job. You'll have to do a Smith song when you go on, you know, do one of your gigs. Pat. No, that would never work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as someone asking me to do an Eminem song. I wouldn't, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be right. Um, okay, Kieran, your number six then, please. Um, well, number six is, is closely linked to number seven because Howard DeVoto, was originally in the Buzzcocks and, and he left and he formed a band called Magazine who were ridiculously cool. And this song is called Shot by Both Sides and the way that it accelerates towards the chorus is magnificent. Um, it was one of those things that, uh, you know, when, when I was when I was in that particular era, the John Peel Festive 50 was always the go-to and, and you'd pick up any tunes that you'd missed during the year. And the first time I heard this, I was transfixed. Um, Dave, you know, I'm not sure what's happened to Howard DeVoe. They did reform for you know, a, a few uh, a free, few reunion gigs and then disappeared off the, the face of the earth again. But they were a band who, who shone very briefly, but very brightly. And, and this is an absolute cracker in my view. Okay. Magazine. Magazine. I've heard the name Magazine before. Yeah. Was this like their biggest hit or did they have other big it, it, it was. It was their biggest song. It was never a hit, but it, oh, was, right. it was a hit in the indie charts. Right, right. right. So, you know, unless you were buying the NME, you, you, you wouldn't, you know, they didn't tend to appear in Sounds. They didn't appear in Melody Maker. They were very much sort of a, an NME style band. Right, um, right. And, and big in that particular regard. But they, there was sort of a bit of a fallout with the Buzzcocks. So, you know, in, in the nature of music, you know, uh, there, there are there are the odd divas, as, as we're fully aware. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you're not one, of course, Pav. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, they tend to go off and do create, <laughs> create create their own projects, and and this was a this was a great side project. Right. Okay. Right. I'm gonna have and, to. I've never heard of them. And remember, our Patreon subscribers will have a video playlist of all these songs, so you can discover them just like we're going to discover them afterwards as well. All the ones we're not quite sure of. Uh, Neil, your number six, please. So I'm going to the Verve, a band that came through with such a, a, a we talk about a debut album, such a great album debut album there. But I'm going to go for Lucky Man. I really like this song still to this day. I think it just hasn't dated. I love Richard Ashcroft's voice. Um, he's another one I think's just got it. Um, and he was a local boy to us for a while, wasn't he? he lived was. around our way. Um, but yeah, I, I, lucky man. It's it's a great song, well written. Everything about it gets your foot tapping and going. Um, I don't know what else really I can say about it, but yeah, I would like to have seen the Verve live. Let's put it that way. That's one of the ones I'm gutted I never got to see. Mm -hmm. He's done some great solo stuff as well. Yeah, Richard Ashcroft. 
Great um, songwriter, isn't he? Great He's songwriter. Naturally gifted <laughs> with these uh, catchy and great songs. Yeah, no, completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, okay, my number six, um, and this is obviously going to do my street cred so much good, but it's Take That, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and now, I'm, I was never a fan of Take That when it was the... The, the ultimate boy band when they first started I, was, I didn't have any time for that but when they went away and then came back again a bit more of an up um a bit more of an adult sound if you like so it was the beautiful world was their first album i think it was and patience was their comeback mm. so patience for me is it's just such a great song um and we went and saw them a couple of times live as a family we went and saw them when when robbie came back and uh, they've done some really, really good stuff. Not so much now. When it, there's three or four of them, and, well, I think there's only three of them now left. I think. Yeah. Um, but that first couple of albums, when they came back, some really, really good tunes. Uh, the Progress album, which was the album that Robbie came back on, has got some banging tunes. Some really, really yeah. good um, stuff that just doesn't sound like a boy band at all. It sounds like good, proper, not adult. That's not the right, right word I'm looking for. But it's just, just good pop music. They've grown up. They've grown up. That's right. They've grown up. And for me, um, this was their their best one, even though it was their first one straight back out. Uh, I mean, is it worth me asking if you guys were a take a take that fans, Kieran? Do you like a bit of take that? They're my wife's favourite band. Oh, um, right. And when we first started courting, um, yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I. I wouldn't say I'm I'm bigoted, but there, there is an element of musical snobbery. If if you're if you're an indie music fan, then you yeah. don't like take that. I admire Gary Barlow's ability to create a melody to put together a, a good pop tune. Um, but we I, I took her to see uh, the Take That musical called Never Forget. Right, right, and I think uh, it was. 80% female groups because it was in London. So hen parties, probably 15% gay couples and about three or four stragglers of which I was one. <laughs> and I remember getting told off by the woman sitting next to me to the other side of my wife saying, you can enjoy this. You can, you can dance and sing along. I don't know the words. And, 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 and also, you're trying to be too cool for your own good. You don't want to be seen to be tapping toes. <laughs> yeah. But inside, okay, actually, this, yeah, they, they do, they do, I, I, you admire them, but I can't, I can't ever say sort of, you know, the subject matter of the songs for me was always uh, too much geared in the, the pop love song uh, area. Um, I, I do have a lot of respect for Gary Barlow. Because unlike the other boy bands, at least he he made the effort to yeah. you know he, he he can construct a tune. And as somebody that can't play any musical instrument and whose whose biggest regret in life is never learning to play the guitar, and I know he's not he's not too old. That's what I keep telling myself. Um, then uh, I I you know I give, I give him you know at at his doft, but you won't see me at a gig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Fair enough. laughs> Neil, you love Take That, though, don't I, you? Do you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like, I'm not an album fan, but there's certain songs I think, yeah, yeah. great, I enjoy. And I'm I'm not going to, I'm not one of these people that I couldn't say I don't. I think, is it The Flood? That was the one they did with Robbie. I think it's that was, a great that was song. That was album, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I like that song, you know, and there's some others I can't remember the titles of that I yeah. enjoy and I like. And, and the same as Kieran, I think 
Gary Barlow, although the way he speaks now would be perfect to narrate Thomas the Tank Engine, I think <laughs> he is a great, great songwriter. We can't yeah. get away from the fact. You think how many hits he's written, how many classic songs that have stood the test of times to their fans. I just wanted to confirm that both of you had to take that song in your top ten, so that's fine. I, 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 I know. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, before we carry on with anything else, we've got to do this. Pop quiz, hot shot. Yes, it's quiz time. So uh, I haven't told you about this, Kieran. It's uh, first to three. If you get the question wrong, it goes over to your uh, opponent. Uh, Kieran, as you are our guest, would you like to go first or second? I'll go second. Okay, so Neil, this one's for you. What was the name of the Smiths' debut album? Meat is Murder. (laughs) It was not. Kieran? The Smiths. It was. Uh. It was the Smiths. Question number two for you, Kieran. Who famously said, this is Manchester, we do things differently here? Tony Wilson. It was. <laughs> two to zero. And, oh, Neil. Now, yeah. Obviously, I've done these questions before I know what your top tens are. So, which Manchester band released a single called Not 19 Forever? Uh, 1975. 
<laughs> I can't remember. Who was it? <laughs> Kieran for the win. The Cortinas. Yes, yeah. which, which oh, yeah. is in his top ten, Neil. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that. Oh dear! So well, I got confused which one was. Well which. done, Kieran. That was that was the quickest uh, quiz we've had. <laughs> well done, Kieran. Let me just run through some of the other ones. See if you can get these. Uh, what was the original name of Oasis? Have to pass on that one. No, it was Rain. Well, uh, when was Elbow formed in Berry? When I yeah, saw what, them. What year? Ninety-five. It wasn't ninety-five, Aaron. I saw them support Morrissey. I'm just trying to think when that would have been. I'll go ninety-three. Oh, it was ninety-seven. Oh. Uh, who played oh, piano okay. on the Hollies hit "He Ain't Heavy"? He's my brother. Alan Price. Uh, no, Neil. No, I don't know. It was one Reginald Dwight. It was oh, Elton John. Oh, well. Uh, uh, what was the name of the band Liam Gallagher fronted after Oasis? BDI. It was. Which famous physicist was in D-Ream? Brian Cox. It was. Cox. What was the name of the spoof band created by radio DJs Mark and Lard? The Shire Horses. Well done, Kieran, it was. And John Squire was guitarist for which Manchester band? Stone Roses. It was. Well done. Well done, Kieran. Yes, well done, Kieran. Top, top job there. Okay, back to the uh, matters in hand, and we'll have your number five, please, Kieran. Um, This is probably from a band you haven't heard of, but, again, a big Manchester band. They're called The Chameleons, and this was their probably their most famous single, which is called Second Skin. Um, I first saw them in 1985, they're still going. They're still, they still do two, two concerts. They sell out in Manchester every Christmas. And uh, the, the lead singer, who's a guy called Mark Burgess, he, he, he's somebody that nobody would have heard. He, he put out a 600-page autobiography, which was snapped up by all aficionados of back in the day. Um, mm. But they're, they're absolutely cracking band who who should have made it and like many things events conspired against them their their manager died and their manager was the glue who kept them together there were factions in the band and they uh, they fell apart wow i, th- I feel like I've, i'm going to have to listen to this song properly because i feel like i recognize the name of that song that second skin but yeah i'm going to have to have a listen to that one properly it's weird how little things like that I'm mean, not a little with somebody dying, but that can change the whole course of a band that could be become really, really big or just just won't break through. Yeah, okay. they were they were mm. unlucky. Um, th- there was a lot of infighting by all accounts, but that's not uncommon in Manchester bands, right? right. No, <laughs> no, that's true. Um, yeah. Okay, Neil, your number five was uh, Grounds for Divorce. It was. My elbow. Uh, my number five, mentioned it in the, uh, uh, in the quiz, was, and you'll hear his piano playing now. It's uh, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother by the Hollies. Yeah. I love this song. This is a it's a lovely song, song isn't it? It's a beautiful it's a classic. song. Um, I didn't, again, I didn't realise the Hollies were... Manchester based until I did the like the research on who it was so I thought I had to have this song because I th- I think this was one of my regrets in songs 
that that make you cry that I didn't put in that top ten. Right. Well, I should have put this one in there because it's just a beautiful song. And I mean, it um, reminds me of the TV advert. Where was it? Was it Hofmeister or Heineken? Where they picked him up and carried him across the road for a beer back in the eighties or whatever when it had a resurgence. God, I can't remember. And then that. it was also like used at the end of one of the Rambo movies, wasn't it? Rambo three. <laughs> was it? Oh, well. Yeah. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a look. It might not be Rambo 3, but it's definitely used in one of the Rambo movies. <laughs> I can't. Um, okay. I think it's Rambo 3, yeah. Okay, I'll have to have a little look at that. And it was also, I think it was used for a, um, a, a tribute album or a, a, like a charity single, wasn't it, to do with Liverpool a few years ago? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, beautiful song. But yeah, it's um, a great song, isn't it? And that and was he Elton John. He was, a se- he was a session player at the time and, and right. played piano on that. Whatever happened to him? Yeah, whatever happened to Reg Dwight? (laughs) Oh, oh, Reggie. Yeah. Um, Right then, Kieran, your number four then, please. My number four is uh, a band who I saw live last week. It's New Order. And the song is called 1963. And it's a B-side. It's a B-side of one of their biggest singles, which was True Faith. But it's, it's just an absolute cracker um and again certain bands when they're in their pomp they can just write the songs without any effort and and this it's a moody song it's uh quite a disturbing song there's there's so many new order songs that i, I could have chosen mm. but for me the fact that they they just chose it as a throwaway b-side was, was indicative of how great they were for a, they, they had an imperial six or seven years mm. Yeah, True Faith was very, but that was my number 11. It was so close to being in the ah. top 10. It was just such a great, great song from the, what was that, mid, that would have been mid 80s? Would it 90, been, I think? True Faith, was it? I thought that was more early 90s, wasn't it? True oh, Faith. I, Blue I Monday was more of the 80s. Yeah, but yeah, great stuff. I don't mind mm. some of their stuff, actually. Yeah. It's weird to say that because Blue Monday, Blue Monday is one of those songs that I think everybody's heard so much that you forget how iconic and good that song is. So like Bohemian Rhapsody, you hear it so many times that you kind of just throw it away and just like, oh, mm. you know. Um, and how did the how did New Order hold up, Kieran, when you saw them live last week? It was it was a great gig. Um, mm. Clearly, Peter Hook's no longer there because no. he and Bernard Sumner can't be in the same room together. Uh, Peter Hook used to go to the same gym as me, so I, I, I got to know him you know, as somebody go, hello, you know, sort of, um, and they always say, never meet your heroes. Well, Johnny Marr proved to be great, and Peter Hook was a really cool guy. So, so it's a, it's a shame that they've fallen out to that extent. But the gig itself was was superb. Bernard's you know, a, a bit like Ian Brown. Singing wasn't his forte, which mm. is always a slight problem when you're the singer. <laughs> but the tunes themselves were excellent, and uh, you know that they they've got a bass player now who clearly has modelled himself on Peter Hook, right. you know, down to the you know the, the, the low slung nature, and, and you you just realise that during that period of from effectively Blue Monday, Power Corruption and Lies onwards, they they were one of the best certainly you know they they were the dance band for the indie generation mm. right yeah, yeah 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 okay then neil you're number four 
so I had to have an Oasis song being Manchester. I am a fan. I enjoy the earlier Oasis. I, I didn't sort of, I fell out of touch with them a bit when the more they got on before they broke up, you know, the later albums that they did. Wasn't show, sure of those, but I've gone for Champagne Supernova because, you know, I enjoy a song where uh, when you see it or hear people cover it or it's played at a club or a bar, and everybody's having a good time. I love a good sing-along song. And I think this one is probably their sing-along song. Um, and it's a great, great, great song, Champagne Supernova. Um, I don't mind uh, Liam's vocals at all. I know a lot of people have issues with them. but And obviously, uh, while we're recording this, um, there's rumours that they're back together. Uh, we're coming back together for next year. Really? Where do you mean that? Um, well, it was in some of the music presses that I've read, you know, the rumours. Rumours are it's Glastonbury. They're right. going to be headlining Glastonbury, reform. Wow. And they've said that, you know, Michael Evis and Emily Evis have both made no qualms about it. They have spoken time and time again to both of their managements and PRs and everything to try and get them together. So I suppose if the money's right, they'll be there. And you'd hope that they would get on for one night and do a great show. But I never saw them live gutted that i didn't see them live um yeah so but i think this is just one of their crowning achievements of one of their many songs that it's like I say it's still on my playlist today so yeah well i'll, I'll talk about oasis a little bit later on i think probably the <laughs> better <laughs> the better way of doing it. i did I, I was at i was at nebworth for the for the saturday um nebworth in whatever that what year that was 95 was it 96 mm. and it was um it was it was something else it definitely was something. but that was them just before be here now came out that was them at their mm. absolute like apex Pipes, yeah it kind of it, it drifted off a little bit after that because i was talking to somebody at work about it today and saying that the beauty of oasis was the fact that they or, or Noel wrote songs about the struggle of living in Manchester, having nothing. Mm. And once they got millions in the bank, it kind of took the edge off the songwriting a little bit. And then Noel seemed to get lazy and give songs out to other people just to write. Mm. He said it was always about him. What you said, Kieran, earlier on about, um, you know, they, they bring a song out and there'd be a brand new song on the other side. When Oasis brought out CD singles, it was like getting another mini album mm. because there'd be four or five great songs all brand new songs on this one CD single that had, you know, it was just, I mean, the Wonderwall CD single was just fantastic. I'd round our way on it. I'd other, just brilliant, brilliant songs that w would be somebody's like a hit single for somebody, but it was just a throwaway CD single track, you know, mm. but yeah, classic stuff. Um, okay. Another reason that I didn't, another one I didn't realize was a Manchester band with the Bee Gees um and i so i'm gonna ha yeah i've got to have a bg song on there <laughs> so i've um, actually gone for one of the earlier ones and i've gone for i started a joke right. which is a beautiful song it's not it's not their disco era it's their it's their very sort of laid back era in the same kind of like massachusetts and uh uh mining disaster and all that but it's a beautiful beautiful song and um i really didn't realize i somebody at work again today so i thought they were from australia but uh I think they lived in Australia for a while, didn't they? They did. Yeah, the I, think, I think they went there when they were quite young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's probably a technicality that you class them as a Manchester band, but it means I can get a BG song in there. And I wasn't <laughs> going to go for one of the usual st staying alive or tragedy, which you could easily do because they're all bangers. 
But uh, yeah, gone for started a joke. Uh, okay, Kieran, your number three, then, please. My number three, um, it is the Smiths. Um, it is there is a light and it never goes out, and it's a long, mournful, solemn song, but uplifting as well. And, and I was quite fortunate that I was uh, before I moved back to Brighton. Uh, which was four years ago. I, I tended to go down every other weekend to watch football. So I had a season ticket for too many years. And uh, I was wandering past uh, Brighton Dome, which is sort of the you know, the big event centre, uh, with my wife. And there was a Smiths Choir being formed. And I said, can I join? And this was one of the songs that we've sung in the Smith Choir. We were, and I can't sing, but we were taught to sing by a, a choir master, by Miss and it was, it was a fantastic experience. But there are so many great songs by the Smiths, and, and this is where I genuinely feel conflicted, because how can somebody come out with this sense of uh, being young, not fitting in, and reaching out to people in such a magnificent way as they did, and then turn out to be a complete bell end, um, which which he subsequently uh, manifested into. Okay, how does the Smiths Choir work? What what exactly does that entail? How many people are in it, and just there Smith were, songs? It was yeah, there was, there was I think twenty of us. We we were put together on the day. Um, she taught us half a dozen songs. And acapella all, is this? this is, there's no all, all acapella. Wow. Um, and then we performed in front of an audience of mainly our loved ones, but anybody walking past um, later in the day. Very, mm-hmm. very cathartic experience. Is mm. there footage of this? Is there, uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a definite. No, that was a definite yes. article. <laughs> uh, okay, Neil, your number three, please. So for me, it's New Order. Um, I mentioned it earlier on. It's Blue Monday. The reason I chose this is this my introduction to New Order. Um, I think like a lot of people, um, it's like you said, it's a great indie dance track. It doesn't feel dated at all, being from the 80s to me. it's It still feels as fresh as. Um, and... You know, a lot of the times back in the day when you get a 12-inch version of a song, they were just extended and made the song rubbish, whereas the 12-inch version of this actually was probably my first 12-inch single that I thought was just a song of its own, even better than the 7-inch. It made it a lot, lot better. So, yeah, Blue Monday for me just holds up as an absolute banger. Beautifully Um, crafted. Is it still the the, the biggest selling 12-inch single of all time? Is it really? It was. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it certainly was for, for the for the rest of that century. Yeah. I, I, I guess people don't buy singles anymore. So no, which is always crap. always makes me sad. <laughs> yes, yeah. but it's it. I mean, I, to me, I, I I haven't got bored of this song yet. It, I could listen to it all the time, and it's nice that the sound of the, the, the this sort of sound is making a sort of come back a bit. The eighties sort of music to me is making this sort of a bit of a resurgence. It started a few years ago with the weekend, you know, that blinded lights song, mm. very eighties and uh, and it seems to be coming back. You know, so much so that I'm in complete shock that the mullets come back, even though I've warned my kids that you know, I'm still having PTSD from my mullet from the eighties. <laughs> be careful, you know, be careful. 
Well, wait, wait until the old uh, permed mullet comes back, the old uh, hoddle waddle <laughs> look. <laughs> then, then you've got to worry. Um, but yeah, it's a great tune, isn't it? It's, it is. It absolutely is a great tune. Um, okay, my number three. Uh, I think you mentioned 10cc. Was 10cc the number one? Band? Number one, yeah. So I've I I, I, I love 10cc. I, I could have picked any one of their hits, but I've actually chosen "Things We Do for Love," which I think is one of their greatest. They're 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 the closest I can think of to a band that sounds like what the Beatles would have turned into. I feel just yeah. the way that you know, great melodies, great lyrics stuff that you just listen to and they just got so many good melodies um and different kinds of songs as well it's not just one kind of song i remember when we back in the day neil when we um interviewed um kevin godley yeah. didn't we and you mm. you um celebrated him uh for singing for, for writing well uh, i asked him how, how the inspiration came because when you read for, it, which his one name's was it? on it um I'm not in love. I'm not in love. Yeah. And then he very curtly told you that he didn't write that one. <laughs> yeah. That was the bit that oh, got. But me. his name was on there when I researched it. You see, it was so funny. It was uh, awful because I could just see the colour draining out of Neil's face. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the of... internet has lied to me. Since when does the internet ever lie? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, we're nearly I, I there. Gothic and Cream were the sort of the, the art house. Yes. Art. Of 10cc, mm. and then was it Graham Goldman and um, and, and the other Eric guy? Stewart. They were Eric Stewart, and they were the the pop. Yeah, because I, I have seen them. Um, oh, have you live? Clearly, they got you know they got, um, seen them live twice, but without Godly and Cream. But they did do, and they, they must they, they must clear on talking terms. And um, and Graham Goldman loves he, he just loves music, and I think yeah. he wrote some songs for the Hollies back in the sixties. Oh, right. He, he certainly wrote. He wrote a you know, uh, uh, bus bus stop song, uh, and and so on. Um, so they they have been knocking around for a long time, and and it's another case of Manchester bands where they they fell out with each other. Yeah. Um. And, and I think they 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 would have gone on to be quite masterful, but you know they they've got different desires and clearly operating in different. You know, there was there was a pop part of the band and there was an art part of the band. Yeah. Yeah. I completely mm-hmm. agree. Um, okay, Kieran, we're nearly there, but it's your number two, please. Um, the first band I saw when I went to university in Manchester in 1980 was The Fall. And this bloke in a tank top and flares got on stage with a snarl and he just started singing in a voice like no voice I'd ever heard before. And I've got to be honest, no voice I've ever heard of since. Marky e. Smith is is a work of art. He he is a complete one-off. And this song is is creep. Um it's sarcastic. It it's got an uplifting beat. I, 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 there's a fantastic book called The Fallen where somebody's gone out and he and they've interviewed everybody who at some point in their life has been in the fall, which is probably half of Manchester, because Marky e. Smith was an absolute nightmare to work with, and yet he still managed to command this this ragtag of musicians of all of whom tended to have a lot a lot of talent, um, and the stories you read about the band, but the number of superb songs they put out, and the, the biggest problem with the fall was. For every one gig you go to see of theirs, which was great, there'd be another five, which were complete write-off because oh. 
he'd either had too much to drink, he did too many pills, he was in a bad mood. But you still went along because if you did get one of those good gigs, it would it would hold in your memory for a long, long time. What was his what was the strike ratio, did you say, in regards to good gigs to bad ones? Probably about one in five. About one in five. <laughs> <laughs> He had to, playing he Russian had to be roulette devoted. with live music, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just wondering, well, am I going to get a good one tonight? Am I going to get a good one? It's a band that I seem to have missed, really, because I've got friends who are big into the fall, and I've never, I must give them a listen. Frank Skinner famously is, fav- is his favorite band. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's there you go. But that's record. a great, that's a great story. That's a great Kieran, story. what album would you recommend to start with on the fall? Uh, Hex. Education Hour. Hex Education. Or, or Live at the Witch Trials. Wow. That best, you best do a good, there, a good gig there at the Witch Trials, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to get a bad one there. Um, okay, then, Neil, you're number two, please. So I'm going back to Tim Booth and James. I'm I'm a fan. I've enjoyed pretty much everything they've done. But my I still hold up that my favourite of their songs is Laid. Um, I love the lyrics. It's there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of relevance. Um, I love the style of it. It's uh, and I love the snappiness of it. The song. It's not a long song, and sometimes it's nice to get one of those songs that are a couple of minutes and in you go. And it's one that I love to sing along to in the car. So maybe next time we do ever do a, a dual karaoke, we'll try this one. Pal. Shall we try this one? Yeah, Famously, maybe. we sang "Sit Down" at one of our we live did. shows, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, a couple of times. That was your yeah. very first. Was that your first go singing in front of? No, me? no, no. We did "Dizzy," didn't we? Oh yeah, <laughs> we did. That was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the happy days, the happy days. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, I must yeah. admit this one was in my top sort of fifteen that could have broken mm. into my top ten, but. Uh, yeah, and my yeah. son, he doesn't play it live to people, but he does. He's an aspiring musician, Kieran, that's trying to get out there and get people to listen to him. But he always he does a little cover of this for me, and I really oh, enjoy fantastic. It. I really enjoy the way he oh, does bless. it. Yeah, I'd actually had this one written down, and then I was wavering as mm. to this or Born of Frustration or him from a village, and I went yeah. for Born of Frustration. But yeah, it, it's. Uh, it's an absolute cracker. They yeah. did. They did some right bangers. Like say something. I think it's just a great and beautiful song. We can just keep going. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They just yeah, great, great. Wonderful. Uh, I'm going to go back to one of yours, uh, Neil. The Verve. Um, yeah. And again, I could have picked Sonnet. It's a great tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a bit of Sweet Symphony. But I'm going for the Drugs Don't Work. Right. Um, beautifully done. There is. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the song on Richard Ashcroft's first solo album that reminds me of this and it's another beautiful bit of work but um but it's just another one that should have been in my top 10 songs that make you cry to be fair <laughs> in fact i'm not sure whether it was it might might have been i can't remember but it's just a beautiful song um heartbreaking um but beautiful it is so it's the is... way he sings them that's what, oh, that's yeah. what's so he just got this technique of singing he's, he's got a great brings voice. a lot of emotion isn't it yeah absolutely i think, I think it was about his mum wasn't it i think it was yeah if I remember correctly, uh, I can't remember exactly. I remember hearing him. I think he was talking like Chris Evans or someone about the mm. about the writing of the song and about how hard it was to write. But uh, mm. I'm assuming it was something like that. Yeah, so good, so good. Okay, so before good. we reveal our number ones, uh, Kieran, do you want to give us your ten to two? Uh, Neil will do the same, and then I'll do the same. Uh, my ten to two is starting off with number ten, James, born of frustration. Number nine, the Stone Roses, Waterfall. 
Number eight, uh, the Cortinas, not 19 forever. Number seven, the Buzzcocks, something's gone wrong again. Number six, Magazine, shot by both sides. Number five, the Chameleons, second skin. Number four, New Order, 1963. Number three, The Smiths, There Is A Light and It Never Goes Out. And number two, The Fall with Creep. Lovely. And Neil, you'll tend to two? So at number 10, I had This Charming Man, The Smiths. Number nine, Step On, Happy Mondays. Number eight, This Is How It Feels and Spiral Carpets. Number seven, Ever Fallen In Love, Buzz Cox. Number six, Lucky Man, Verve. Number five, Grounds for Divorce, Elbow. Number four, Champagne Supernova, Oasis. Number three, Blue Monday, New Order. And number two, Laid, James. Lovely. And mine is number 10, When We Are Together, the 1975. Nine, Break Out, Swing Out Sister. Eight, Grounds for Divorce, Elbow. Seven, Girlfriend in a Coma, The Smiths. Six, Patience, Take That. Five, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, The Hollies. Four, I Started a Joke, The Bee Gees. Three, Things We Do for Love, 10cc. And number two, The Drugs Don't Work, by The Verve. So, Kieran, what is your number one song from Manchester? My number one, it's it's Joy Division, um, the, the greatest band of all time from the, the greatest album of all time, um, and this is New Dawn Fades. Okay. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for we've got We've got to try and encourage Pav into um, Joy Division, Kieran. He's tried, but he's not getting it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've tried. I have tried. <laughs> I have tried. I have tried. And the thing is... See, I'm pretty sure I know what that Neil's number one is Joy Division as well, isn't it, Neil? It is. Yeah. It's Joy Division. But there's a personal reason why I've got a different song and yeah. I've gone for Atmosphere because yeah. it's personal to me. Um, I spoke about it on the, the we, when we did the saddest songs. Uh, listen to that and you'll find out the story. But it means a lot to me. It means a lot to other people. Mm. So but, why, why this one, Kieran? Um, I remember listening to this when it came out and it was it i associated it with what was happening in poland at the time where the lech Walesa, the the shipyard worker had, had formed a union and it was being crushed by the communists and that that hope that was being destroyed and, and i associated that song with what was happening you know i was what 17 at the time when when you are angry and political it's also a brilliant song. It's, it's a dark song. Um, and the, the final notes as it, as it as the song extinguishes, just very emotional. But, you know, equally with Neil, uh, atmosphere, a- atmosphere is being played at my funeral. Um, mm. You know, that's, that's what I'm going out to. And I, th- I think anybody that knows that song and anybody knows about Ian Curtis, you know, and I used I used to go running in Macclesfield, so I'm, you know where where he was brought up. I've, I've visited his grave on occasions. I've I've got every book on Joy Division that has ever come out from all of the different parties, from Ian Curtis's widow, Peter Hook, Barney, other biographers, and so on. Um, I'm I'm, not, I'm a Joy Division obsessive. Okay. I mean, so, I I did near very nearly, Kieran, put Disorder because I, I really like yeah. that song as well. That's just another classic. That's that apart from Love or Terrace Apart, I think Disorder may be the easy, one of the easiest ones to get into Joy Division with. So, is there a specific album to listen to, or is it better to like like 
same with Kieran, go on to Apple Music, go on to like the essentials of Joy Division mm. and listen to like a cross section of all their stuff. What's the best way of getting into something like Joy Division? Well, there are only two albums. Oh, you know, right. there, okay. there was there was on there was Unknown Pleasures, which was their debut album. And then there was was Closer. And the more you listen to Closer, you realize it was a suicide note from a young man who was clearly going through internal turmoil. So I, I think Closer is probably the slightly better of the two, but I, I personally would pick pick up the the, the tracks from a from a playlist. Right, because yeah. um, it's it's there, there's 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 very little filler in in the in, in the Joy Division canon of music, in my view. Right, okay. Know the essentials, power. Okay. Yeah. What is it you find that you struggle with with Joy Division? I don't know because I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't know. Well, it's not disrespectful. <laughs> it's just is that, it? like I mean, to well, be fair, right? To be fair, the only song I've really ever listened to is "Love Will Tear Us Apart." Okay, and mm. I always find that the fact that I can't get over the fact that it sounds like he's singing out of tune. And that's what gets me. I go, oh, it just sounds like it. And that's all I And I can't, I know it's a great song. And I think I've said that on this podcast mm. before when you've talked about that song. So I haven't given it a proper go. Not like Radiohead where I spent a whole afternoon listening to Radiohead <laughs> and just not, under, I just couldn't understand why anybody found Radiohead. It's just it's so depressing. But I need to give Joy Division a go. I definitely need to go because so many people say to me, you should listen. It's not just tonight. I've had so many people say to me, listen to Joy Division and just tell me what you think. Mm. So I will, I will tomorrow. I will give it a go. I will listen to the essentials part on the on and just just have a listen, and we'll see how it and goes. And fingers crossed. For and you. fingers crossed. Um, but yeah. So Neil, you said atmosphere is your number one. Yeah, yeah. And explain why. I mean, it's a personal one to me. Very personal. It, it, there's there's situations that have come on when the song particularly has been playing that just and. It is, you know, the, the the title of the song is exactly what the song is. It's an atmosphere mm. that you're listening to. <clears throat> and, yeah, it could... It, it makes me stop in my tracks, you know, this song. Whenever I hear it on the TV, on the radio... I won't play too much of it then. I, no, no, I might start crying. But it's a beaut. I think, you know, when we talk about beauty, sometimes that that term is thrown around far too much, beautiful. But that is a beautiful song. Beautiful. It is. Yeah. Right. I will give it a go. I promise. And I will let you know what I think. Uh, my number one I had to have an Oasis song and I'll have the song. It's funny. You said Kieran about atmosphere. That's a song that at your funeral, this is the song that's we playing at my funeral. Uh, and it's the master plan by Oasis. This was one of those songs. I think this was the song that was on the wonder war, uh, a CD single along with round our way. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece of a song. Mm. It's an absolute masterpiece of a song. It's Noel Gallagher hasn't written a song, written what wonderful English, hasn't written a song um, <laughs> better than this. And it's weird to think that this was like one of the first Oasis songs that he wrote. You know, it's just mm. a fantastic song. Um, it was in my songs that make me cry, I'm pretty sure. But it's, it's just, that's the, one of the songs that I'll be carried out to uh, at my funeral without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, it is a great song. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I know we've done songs from Manchester, Kieran. What would you say is your favourite band from Manchester? Um, in terms of the band that I've seen live, it would be the Chameleons. Okay. Um, I've seen them more than any other band, with the exception of The Cure, uh, in terms of live performances. In in terms of the best songs, Joy Division. 
Um, and in terms of the most Manchester, the fall just for that hippie northern hmm. couldn't give a cuss about yeah. anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, we did get some honorable, me- honorable mentions. Uh, at MGH0406 said Black Rose by Sad Cafe should have been a monster. At Babble Quack said Pacific by 808 State. Lisa Buchanan said, well, BGs, obviously, but Elbow definitely comes in as a strong second. Saw them at a super intimate venue and loved. Love the verve. Bittersweet Symphony continues to appear in the charts as best song ever. Herman's Hermits, of course. Simply Red, holding back the years. Finally, as much as I am not a Morrissey fan, uh, can't have the list without mentioning the Smiths. Anna Cochran says Lisa Buchanan. The same with the Smiths. Don't care for Morrissey that much, but Johnny Marr, uh, whoa. She says, Dawn Sardella airs, we know the real answer is always Joy Division's isolation. Plus, you all, I get mad if uh, I say anything, but take that. So she's happy with take that as well. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Corrine Pasta says, oh, I love almost anything Oasis. Champagne Supernova, Don't Look Back in Anger, Wonderwall, Stand By Me, etc. I also love some New Order, True Faith, Bizarre Love Triangle, Blue Monday. Laura Matthews, one of my favourite bands is James, so I nominate the classic Sit Down, plus uh, these two never get old, Happy Mondays, Step On, and Stone Roses, Waterfall. Lindsay Pananen, I second all of what Lisa Buchanan said, especially the Verve's Bittersweet Symphony, which is the most epic of epic songs, and the Smiths' Morrissey music has my whole heart, and Maria Pereira, Buzzcocks, What Do I Get, an Orgasm Addict, and Joy Division, Love Will Tear Us Apart. There you go, we did it, Kieran, we did it. And uh, I feel I feel that was as epic as it needs to be. And I've, I love the fact that we've got more homework to do. I've got uh, a whole afternoon of listening to Joy Division tomorrow is what I'm definitely going to do. And you don't uh, come back till you start liking it. <laughs> <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> yeah. So, Kieran, what have you got uh, lined up podcast-wise? And, uh, and I mean, it's, like we said, as we're recording this, it's been quite a big day today in regards to football finance and football news hasn't it yes i've i've already done four radio shows um we've had to bring forward the recording of this show because i'm on bbc news about the new world cup um yeah the the world of football and money uh, are uh, ever intertwined there are lunatics in charge of individual clubs um there are fans who are getting angry about an awful lot of things so yeah, it's it's been it's been fairly non-stop, and uh, we've we've both myself and Kevin, yeah, and, and we've got to take it. Yeah, we, we we do two hours of material every week on 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 the world of football finance. Loads of people have said to us, "Well, if, you, if you're so clever, why can't you go and sort it out yourself?" So so next week we've got a book coming out where exactly that is our particular achievement. We're going to take a football team from uh, Park Football to the Champions League. Um, Kevin's written all of the funny bits, and and I've done all the numbers. Well, there you go. We shall put a link. Um, I'm assuming that's uh, on Amazon and every other good and bad bookshop that you can get it from, I'm assuming? Yes, yeah. I mean, if if you buy it from Bloomsbury, the the publishers, and if you put Price of Football 30, you'll get a 30% discount on the on the launch price so there you go. Uh, well if you want to send in, me the in, link independent to, bookstops yeah send me the link to that and i'll put it in the show notes along with the show notes uh, the the link for the podcast it's a i mean 
with what's happened today, I'm assuming the next episode of the podcast is going to be just full of meaty goodness. So <laughs> yes. that's um, that's wonderful. Before, before we actually say our goodbyes, Neil, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us and all that gubbins? Absolutely, I can. So email us at top10pods at hotmail.com where you can ask us any questions or give us any ideas for top 10s. You can find us on all social media at top10pods. Give us a click, give us a like, give us a follow. Uh, please do help come and support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top10pods. All sorts of rewards where you could even be a guest yourself. Check out all the links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please do come give us a review, give us a like, give us a comment or wherever you get your podcast from wonderful kieran thank you so much for spending some time during your busy busy day um it's been a real pleasure to chat to you about everything to be fair well thank you so much for the invite to to be given an opportunity to to talk about music which is my favorite subject i prefer music to football and my favorite city which is manchester um it's i'm absolutely made up so thank you so much for the invite oh it's been our pleasure absolutely our pleasure like i say we'll put the link in for the book and the podcast in the show notes so go in uh, and check that and don't forget you can get a discount as well for uh, mm. if, with that code so we'll put all the information in there for that neil thank you so much kieran thank you very much for your time yes um, thank you kieran thank you very much and we'll look forward to seeing you again on this show hopefully absolutely absolutely thank you everybody else for watching and listening and and let's go start the countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.